welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, and welcome in, Aaron. How are you today? Whoa, we've got two semifinalists on this podcast right now, Woo! so Woo! I'm doing well. Yeah, buddy. All right. Good week for us. Good week for the hosts. I don't know if my week was so much as good as lucky that I drew the tall straw in our league. Well, I mean, there is a little bit of luck in this game, obviously. Um, but you do have to, you know, kind of plan when you draft and make moves. So there's a little bit more to it. I still think it's mostly luck, though. Of course, there's a lot of luck in fantasy. But anyway, if you are with us and you are on your way to the semifinals, Congratulations. If you are not, we are sad that you are no longer in the semifinals, but we're glad that you're tuning in and listening to us anyway, because that means we're entertaining to you. So, (laughs) all three of you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we've got uh, the, the fan base dwindles as the season drags on because less and less people are committed and... Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Your commitment may be dwindling, but our commitment to you will remain steadfast, and we will put out episodes for you to listen to as long as you are in this thing till the end. All right. That's it. We are here for you, and we're here throughout the entire year, not just the fantasy season. Indeed. It does become significantly more sporadic, but... We're here. So, injury updates. We got a couple big ones. Quarterbacks. Winston hurt his hand, as did Mahomes. Those two seem a little more serious. You think? Yeah, I think so. Winston, I think, actually has a broken finger. And that's pretty serious when you're trying to throw a football. But I think he had it looked at at a specialist and got a second opinion, and it doesn't look like he can do any more damage to it than what he's already done, so they're just going to continue rolling him out. It's all about pain tolerance then. And Breeze did go out for, was it four weeks with his thumb? So, you know, it's it's a tough spot. You really need that to grip the ball. Also, even if he does go in, might make fumbles a little bit more prone uh, as, as his grip is going to be weaker no matter how much. And... What about Mahomes? I mean, I was we were watching that game and, you know, we saw him keep going towards his hand after he was making throws. They're playing the Broncos. They could easily get up on them and pull him and go to the second best quarterback in the league, Matt Moore. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think Mahomes is too much to worry about. Again, same situation as Jackson. If you're a Mahomes owner, you drafted him early, you're not going to sit him. So just roll with it and hope he doesn't get hit in the hand and you should be fine. If he does, you know, that's the risk you take, and you just shrug it off and say, hey, you know what? It's been a heck of a season. There is there is one Mahomes owner out there who might want to consider not starting him. Who's that? Matt Kahlo. Although, oh, wait, no, he doesn't have to consider whether he should start him or not because he lost. 
Womp womp. Not in the final four. Hey, he was focused on the playoffs, and that's where he got. <laughs> that is true. Brady got a little tweak, so are you worried about him? I mean, I'm kind of just worried about him in general. Not really. I didn't hear too much about this injury. He just showed up on the injury report. I'm not worried about him. Wait like a minute. Said. Somebody was on the Patriots injury report? Yeah. Oh, let me show you my shock face. <laughs> uh, I think... As you were alluding to, Brady's standard of play is just really down. And people will say, oh, he doesn't have the wide receivers, blah, 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 all this crap. But you know what? He's just not that good anymore. He's a game manager. That's fine. We can call him that. But his skill set is very limited. I hate the argument that he has no wide receivers. He's never had any wide receivers. Newsflash, people. Wes Welker? was down in Miami, and he sure as shit wasn't doing what he did in, in New England down in Miami. Chris <laughs> Hogan was down in Miami, and then in Buffalo, he wasn't doing what he did in New England. Like, Randy Moss, I guess, is the only one who he's ever had that was doing what he did in New England in the place he did, in the place he was before in Minnesota. Like, Brady, although it pains me to say it, made those receivers what they are, not the other way around. Um, and so Brady, I think has reached a point where he is human and he needs people around him. But I mean, it's just, that's, that's, I guess my point, like he's reached this point where he's no longer Superman. He needs the people around him to be good. That's what a game manager needs. And that's the stage of the career that he's at right now. Yeah. And it's no shot against him. It's just, you you know, father time is undefeated and you can't beat it. You get older. The body breaks down. You can't do what you used to do. We were watching the game, and when they didn't call that touchdown by uh, Nkeel Harry, you know what I'm talking about? You remember the play? Yeah. They called him out of bounds. And I, going to Massachusetts for college, have a lot of friends on social media that were talking about this. And all I have to say is get over it because you've gotten enough calls in your days to quit your whining and complaining that this cost you a game. So welcome to the rest of the NFL's world. Yeah. Especially just calls in general. Not that this really matters to fantasy football, but just calls in general in the playoffs. You've gotten more than probably the average of NFL teams. So I don't think when you're 10 and two or whatever they are right now that or. 10 and 3, that one team, that one call is going to break you. I mean, I could see if they were like 6 and 7 or something, but whatever. They, they just got to stop whining. Yeah. Okay. Running backs, uh, Geis out for season with the knee injury. Same old song and dance there. Penny is out for season. Uh, Derek Henry pulled his hamstring a little bit. Scarborough injured his ribs. Josh Jacobs is an interesting one because Josh Jacobs hurt his shoulder. He's been playing with it since October. And then before the game, Mike Mayock, they showed a a moment where Josh Jacobs was getting told by Mike Mayock that they weren't going to play him and he was very upset. And I don't know. What do you think? You think there's a chance he makes it back in? I think they're holding them out. I think that he's a gamer and he's important to the team. So... With what they're doing this season, they're probably starting to look forward to next season. You don't want to risk a possible franchise player to further an injury on games that aren't as important to maybe next season. So 
in my mind, if Josh Jacobs can play and he thinks he can play, I'm sure he will. But this is the reason why we carry handcuffs. And if he doesn't, you should definitely be playing Washington because he is just as effective. And it showed this past weekend. I would not agree with that. I don't think that he's just as effective. I mean, this is it's not like Washington is brand new. Like we've seen Washington time and again for the last four years and he has done nothing. So, I mean, he'll have a game here or there. So I wouldn't consider him just as effective. I think that the Raiders have not been eliminated mathematically from the playoffs. So there is a possibility that they could sneak in. So I think they would consider it. But I don't know. I just I think that they might feel that after last week, Washington might be able to do what he did against the Jaguars, especially if he could do it against the Titans, because the Titans do have a very solid defense, and that defense is a good offense, and that good offense is Ryan Tannehill. Sorry, that was a little tangent there. A tangent hill? A tangent hill. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's my best Listen, friend, all people. all I'm saying is that Washington had 14 uh, for 53 and a touchdown, and then he was also involved in the receiving game, 6 for 43, 18.6 fantasy points. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just saying, like, if you go look at his history, he's not that productive. That was an outlier, I think. Um, well, I don't know about that. I'll play him the rest of the season if I have him. All right. Which I, in my other league. Okay. Enjoy. I probably, I got to be honest with you, I might start him over Alvin Kamara this weekend. Wow. Alvin Kamara has been absolute buns. All right, let's uh, just wrap it up here because nobody's going to listen to us after that statement. Has he not? He ha- No, I'm not saying not that part. I'm saying the start in Washington over Kamara. If Josh Jacobs is out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, you got to win. The thing is, Alvin Kamara is not helping you win right now. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Alvin Kamara is worse than Washington. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> this year, this week. Possibly. Okay. Wide receivers, a lot, a lot, a lot of out for season this year, or this week. Uh, Jeffrey, out for the year. Ridley, out for the year. Marvin Jones Jr., out for the year. Alden T- Tate, out for the year. Paris Campbell, out for the year. Mike Evans, out for the year. Wow, this was a terrible week for fantasy wide receivers. Uh, Devontae Parker got a concussion, so he's in the protocol right now. DJ Chark is very questionable with the foot as to whether he'll return or not. And Odell Beckham is continuing with that sports hernia that he's planning to take care of during the offseason. That we just found out about last week. So, heavy hitters here. Evans, Jones, Parker. What do you got? Yeah, I think that... Obviously, the most disappointing one here is Mike Evans. Anyone who's still in the playoffs and has Mike Evans is probably panicking right now. And for good reason. He's a clear must-start every week. He's on a team that is pass-heavy and loves to throw the ball. After that, I think Devontae Parker. I mean, concussion is weird. I wouldn't expect to play him the rest of the season I don't think he'll come back this week, and then it'll be, you know, questionable next week. And then sneaky disappointment, obviously Marvin Jones Jr. Both of the Lions receivers have been 
phenomenal this year, but doing it in a very quiet fashion. So I think a lot of people very disappointed after this week, even some people who had a bye, a bye week who maybe take six to the playoffs, probably looking and either wiping their head clean and like, whoo, just dodge that or, Oh man, you got to be kidding. I have Mike Evans and uh, I didn't even get to use him. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay. Tight end. Yeah, we can do tight ends. I mean, there's obviously cook who took a weird hit in the end zone after catching two touchdowns. And then he was like, okay, game over. So he gave you a game, but now it's time to look elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. So tight ends, not too much on that front as far as injuries, but keep an eye on Andrews. I I mean, there are three tight ends there that they use interchangeably. Andrews is definitely the primary guy, but they do they do throw in Hurst and Boyle in case Andrews is out. Real quick before we move on, if you are in the Andrews boat, the production that Hurst was able to have when Andrews went out was phenomenal. So if Andrews is out this weekend, you should have already picked up Hurst just in case. And I think you could feel pretty comfortable playing him this weekend. I think you and I need to have a talk. Why? So here, here's the talk that we need to have, Aaron. Some of your descriptive words are not working for me. Hayden Hurst did phenomenal. Yeah, for a tight end. I mean, on, yes, his score was high, but are you going to call one fluke play of a 61-yard touchdown phenomenal? Other than that, he had two receptions for 12 yards. We've been calling Tariq Hill phenomenal, so... I, I have never used those words to describe him. Ty- Ryan Tannehill, yes. Not Tyreek Hill. You, listen, if you have Andrews and you're starting Andrews as a tight end, which is a crap position to begin with, a little bit better this year than previous years, and Hurst is available, you're picking him up because he had a pretty darn good week. Pretty darn good is appropriate. Phenomenal, not appropriate. 14.8 points for a tight end is phenomenal for me. You're looking at the box score. You're not looking at how it happened. Is it repeatable? Is it repeatable? Doesn't matter. He's in the end zone. Good enough. Is it repeatable? That's what you need to look at. There you go. Good enough is not phenomenal. Lamar Jackson loves the tight end. He's going to get in the end zone again. So, but if Andrews is out, put it on the board. Hurst touchdown over 65 yards this week, four catches. All of which is fine. You can say that, but he's not phenomenal. Uh, you know you what? were asking who the fuck that guy when that happened. 14 and a half points, good enough for me. Good Phenom- enough is not phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Good enough is good enough. He, phenomenal is who, in such a different ballpark than good enough. All right. Well, I think I think it's phenomenal from a person you've never heard of. Phenomenal. I've heard of him. He is ginger Jesus. He's got those long flowing ginger locks that I wish I had. All right. So now that we're done with that and we all know Hayden Hurst is phenomenal and he's going to score a touchdown this weekend and he's going to be wide or tight end number two after Travis Kelsey. No. After Chris Herndon, your favorite. Oh, Chris Herndon is buns. Oh, he's phenomenal, Uh, dude. No, that dude (laughs) stinks. You'll be changing your tune. We'll see. Moving on to players that are returning from 
injury. I've I've only got a few. Basically Steelers. <laughs> Pretty much Steelers and ex-Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Any of those, obviously more so Bell and Connor. I couldn't care less about Juju. I'm not playing him. But Connor coming back off of uh, multiple weeks missing, you're going to start him in the semifinal? I am at a, I'm, I'm at a crossroads here. Do I give my advice? Of on these three players, two of which my opponent has in the semifinals, or do I not? <laughs> I can go, I can go with it. Um, I'll talk about Bell. Okay, go for it. So it's a tough opponent. Thursday night away game. So those are all against him. You can make arguments in any direction you want. You can argue that he was sick and he went out bowling, which we should talk about. Dude, he apparently he's a pretty phenomenal bowler. Two fifty one. <laughs> that's not bad. It's, it's that's phenomenal. That's with the flu, and that's that is phenomenal. phenomenal. That was a phenomenal bowling performance with the flu. It was similar to Jordan's finals game in the flu, where he got dragged off the court afterwards in like <laughs> the nineties. All that being said, people have been saying, okay, Bell's been a good citizen this year. He hasn't been, you know, Antonio Brown crazy. He went crazy last year because he didn't like the situation. He didn't like what he was was being compensated. So he did what he had to do to get out of Pittsburgh. And he went to the Jets and publicly Adam Gase came out and said, you know, I don't want this guy, basically. And his eyes were popping out of his head. His eyes were popping out of his head. Students, you should be able to tell me what that's called because we just learned about it this week. If you're listening to this, come to me and tell me what the eyes popping out of the head is called and I'll give you bonus points. Oh, dope. So, Bell, I feel like it's going to be tough to not start start him. Like, who are you starting over Bell likely? You drafted him in the first or second round, most likely. and. He's done reasonably well. I don't think he's he's I don't think he's been phenomenal, but I think he's been more than good enough. Um and and what I would probably describe as solid. So I think you kind of have to play him unless you have a better option. That's a fair assessment. I I agree. It's it's a tough matchup. It's not something you want to see on a Thursday, especially going into Sunday, knowing that you've only gotten eight points out of one of your running backs, but it is what it is. There is also the consideration that Gase punishes him for doing that and like sits him and doesn't play him. This is another concern. I haven't seen anything on that. Is that something you've seen or you're just thinking? I haven't officially seen it. I've just seen Gase say, I heard Gase's interview on ESPN radio and it was... His response was, "Is it? it is what it is. What can I do? I can't find the guy for going out of his house. However, I think, what do, what do you think about this bowling situation? Because I have some thoughts and I want to hear what yours well, are. Well, if you're sick and you have the flu, you probably can't make it out of your house if you truly have the flu. Which means, one, he didn't have the flu. 
and he just didn't feel like playing. Well, just to clarify what I had heard, it had been a couple of days and he was on the tail end of like having had it. They just didn't, the Jets didn't want him there because he was Okay, contagious. fair enough. And then two, the other thing is to get rid of sickness, the best thing is rest, probably not staying up until 1.30 in the morning. So maybe he should think about that. I mean, the Jets season is over. I don't think Bell really cares about New York. I don't think he cares about, you know, his team. I think he's just happy to be paid and he'll move on elsewhere next year if he can, if he can force his way out again. So that's a rational take on it. It probably lies more on Bell's shoulders than anything else. However, I sort of land in the middle or closer to the other side about the Jets' fault in all of this. I Part of me wonders whether, I mean, I know we know that the Jets told Bell he's not playing to stay away from the facility because he's contagious and they, he doesn't, they don't want the rest of the players to get sick. All right. That's something that we were all aware of prior to the game. Then this happens. That just seems really fishy to me. It seems to me as if Bell is going out in public to be caught, to be seen, to show them, like, look, guys, I'm fine. I'm fine enough to go bowl at 251, but this douchebag, Adam Gase, doesn't like me, doesn't use me properly, and is asking me to stay away from the team. I just, I, I don't know. I think there's something more to it than, I don't think it's black or white. I don't think it's either all Gase, they're either all uh, Bell's fault or all Gase's fault, but I think there's somewhere in the gray there. And I think that the Jets have more to do with this than uh, meets the eye. Yeah, these are obviously two people that don't get along. And when someone you've paid a ton of money doesn't get along with the coach, there's obviously a problem coming. So one of them is going to leave either belt. I, I, yeah. I mean, I have years of experience with Gase and how stubborn and jerky he can be. He's such a jerk sometimes. And he will make players look ridiculous and blame it on them when they're not really in the wrong necessarily. He just steps up and, and, makes it makes something happen that makes it look like it's not their fault but it really is yeah i'm not a huge fan of adam gase and honestly i think he's not a great coach i don't think that the jets are a horrible team they've got some good pieces bell you know darnold for the future robbie anderson not bad usually better at the end of the year for some strange reason uh chris hernan whatever the hell that guy is (laughs) Crowder's Crowder's solid. Jamal Adams is a stud safety. And the the thing is, you know, that guy, no offense, Jim, but he comes from a losing organization and all he does is know how to lose. So what do you think he's going to do? Okay, timeout. Can we at least talk about how he went into a losing organization? I mean, Miami had pieces when he was there. They made the playoffs while he was there. And it progressively got worse. So And he, he made a certain somebody that I'm not allowed to mention anymore, not as good as he clearly is. Exactly. So obviously not the best choice for coach. My guess is if Bell wants to push this, he could either leave New York, he'll get himself to leave New York or get them to move him on. 
Or, you know, I, I'm just saying if I'm the front office and Le'Veon Bell is my prize and he's telling me that Adam Gase is no good and obviously the record can confirm that, then maybe I'm starting to look elsewhere. Part of me thinks that Gase was doing this to show, look, I can win without this $61 million with $35 million in guarantees running back. I've got Ty Montgomery. I've got Bow Bow. I've got, <laughs> I've got pieces who are pretty much nobody's getting paid nothing, and they're doing my job, just, or they're doing the job just as well as this expensive guy is. I don't need him. I yeah, can win without him. The convenience of flexing this muscle the week they play the Dolphins is fantastic. Well, now, but now he has a comparison. He can say, look, we lost a couple weeks ago when we played them with Bell, and now we don't have Bell, and we won. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess so. I don't know. I don't trust that. I don't trust him. I, I don't trust the situation. You know, uh, this year I was definitely not a huge fan of Bell because of him strictly going to the Jets. And truth be told, I haven't been far off. No. I mean – He's sort of in the same boat as Kamara, except I think, except Kamara had much higher expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Kamara should have. But I mean, like they've performed similarly. I feel like. Yeah, I think Kamara has been slightly better, but a bigger disappointment because you expected a lot more out of him than you did Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from Bell, Connor, and Smith Schuster. Yeah, you know, if I'm a Connor owner, I think. You kind of have to give it a go. Uh, My guess is you probably don't have much better options. You know, if you happen to have better options and you can play Connor at your flex somehow, then yeah, do it. But I'm still going to play him. You know, Buffalo's not an easy defense. They're not. And that's what kind of stinks. I guess the thing is here, like just for reference to our league, Diddy has Connor and Mostert and... If you're looking for upside, I think you're going Mostert. But if you're looking for consistency and someone who might get you 10 to 12 points, then you're looking at Connor. Really? Yeah, I just I, – I, as much as Mostert's been good, you have to question what's really going to come back, you know, what's really going to happen once Brita's – I know he's back this week, but now he'll really be back. And then uh, – they seem to flip-flop who is going to get all the carries and who's getting the attention week by week. So, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, it's- I guess this final decision depends on on Burita, but just the matchup and the last four weeks, I, I almost feel safer with, with Mostert. I don't really want to go into a matchup thinking like Raheem Mostert is my running back too. That kind of makes me a little nervous, but... But you're okay with DeAndre Washington. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If Josh Jacobs is out, Washington is the guy. There's no doubting that. Mostert is not always the guy. We've seen that all year. It could be Tevin Coleman. It could be Matt Breida. It could be Mostert. You know, just pick a name out of a hat. So whoever Shanahan, you know, is feeling the love for that week. I suppose. Okay, what about Schuster? Nah, just drop that, dude. He's no good. He's not worth playing. There's a lot of better wide receivers out there who you could have picked up off the of waivers, and obviously you're a little late on that, but not worth not worth the time, not worth the headache. 
Okay. Diddy, go ahead. Start him. <laughs> Start them both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to do something called Designate My Players. Tell us what Designate My Players is, Aaron. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the matchups this week, and we're going to rate players based on their matchups and how we feel if they're a sure thing to start, if they're a comfortable start, basically you don't have too much of a problem putting them in. You feel pretty good about what you're going to see from them. Uh, if they're questionable, you know, like, oh man, I, do I really play this guy? Or if you, if they're definitely not a start. So we've broken it down. We're going to give them to you um, as Aaron rates them. And then if I disagree, then I'll chime in about what I disagree with. Exactly. So, again, this is not for the rest of the season. It's just for this week. And we will go by position, uh, starting with quarterbacks and then working our way to tight ends, which is just phenomenal. For all you people out there playing with, you know, tight ends in your lineup. The first designation, which is an S, which is a sure thing. These are quarterbacks you are starting no matter what this week. And I've got five on the board assuming all are healthy, and that is Jackson, Watson, Mahomes, Wilson, Winston, and Tannehill. How do you feel about that? You're allowed to speak if you want. Woo! My boy Tannehill is a sure thing! (laughs) Okay. No, I mean, I have no qualms with any of those. Those are all obviously sure thing starters. Um, There's nobody there that I'm not even considering. Like, I would even consider not starting. So, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about those. Uh, I guess Winston and Mahomes keep an eye on their injuries. Winston more so with the loss of Evans. I guess he's more of a comfortable than a sure thing for me. I mean, they're playing the Lions, who are a nice, easy matchup. I mean, I guess they're still technically in the wildcard hunt. So I, I guess they should be giving it all their all they got. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he's he's if he's healthy, give it a whirl. All right, we'll move on to our comfortable starts. These are guys that if you don't have a Jackson, a Mahomes, a Watson, any of the ones we just named, you can feel comfortable starting this week. I've got Brady, Manning, wow, um, Wentz, Murray, Derek Carr, Cousins, Rivers. Prescott, Garoppolo, and Drew Brees. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some there that I feel pretty comfortable starting. I mean, more more than comfortable starting. Like, Kyler Murray's playing Cleveland. That's not too much. Like, he's been a top 10 quarterback. Dak Prescott, I don't see why there'd be – I think I'm a little more than comfortable starting him. I mean, he's been the third-rated quarterback all season. And the Rams are the Rams. I feel like they're a middle-of-the-pack team this year. What? Give me a little bit on Eli now that he's here. Right, that was the one, next one I was going to talk about. I think he's appropriately placed because of who he's playing. Eli's against the Dolphins. Could very well likely be his last home game in New York. I will be at it. Y- yeah, and I'm too poor to be at it. <laughs> <laughs> the... Dolphins are not good. So I think that Eli is what he is at this point. I mean, he's solid enough if he's given time. We saw that in the first first half of the game the other night against the Eagles. 
He was very solid, threw a couple touchdowns, and then the Eagles changed their look defensively. They were getting a little bit more pressure on him, not giving him options to throw to, and he looked like a deer in headlights. And so as long as he has time, he's solid and can get the ball where it needs to be. All right. And I think that's easy to happen. That will easily happen against the Dolphins, who are not going to put much pressure on him. Let me give you a few. Um, Manning or Brady? Brady's playing the Bengals, and they are on a two-game losing streak. They're going to be pissed, so Brady. Okay. Uh, Manning or Garoppolo? Garoppolo. Manning or Trubisky? Manning. Okay. Now, just for the last little bit here, Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Oof. Rodgers is playing the Bears, as we know, and he they have not looked good. Manning! I said it. Whoa! All right. All right. Moving Giants on. fans, start Eli. Oh, I need to. As need, he says, bye-bye <laughs> to NY. We need to move on very quickly from that. Uh, moving on to our questionable starts. Guys that uh, we just don't want to start, but we might have to because it's all we've got. But we just – we would ra- – we're looking at them playing through like our fingers as we put our hands over our heads as I do it while no one else can see that I'm doing it. <laughs> so questionable starters here. We've got Fitzpatrick, Trubisky, Rodgers, Locke, Blau, Mayfield, Minshew, Goff, Matt Ryan – Josh Allen, Duck, and Brissett. Okay. There's a lot to take in there because they are, they're all people that I feel like I don't want to think about starting. But if I have to, I guess I will. The obvious one right there is Rodgers, who stands out. Like, can you believe that he's even in this questionable position? I mean, he's, I personally think he's overrated, but he is this almighty quarterback in the NFL, but the Bears are just insane on defense. I mean, they have not allowed a solid performance from a quarterback. They've had one solid performance for a quarterback this year, and even last time they played, Rodgers only had 10.4 points. Yeah, I I agree with you, which is why I put him there. You don't feel comfortable starting this guy at all. You probably want to look elsewhere. There's plenty of names open. Garoppolo is probably on the waiver wire. Derek Carr might be. Kirk. Hey, you never know. Kirk Cousins could be out there. Phillip Rivers. Uh, all, all guys I would rather play over Aaron Rodgers right now. Aaron Rodgers is eighth-ranked quarterback, but he's riding on five games that are all above 24 points. Like Everything else is below 15. Like, he's not having yeah, a good year. Yeah, and uh, it's someone that gets drafted every year, usually earlier than he should, and is not paying off. So, again, next year, probably a quarterback that goes super late, and I don't know if he gets any better. No. You know, again, there's a difference between fantasy good and NFL good. Another name that probably shocks a few people, Matt Ryan. Uh, Obviously, for a few weeks, he was missing a lot of weapons here. I think he's appropriately placed, and it's not shocking. That's not the name. There is another name that's shocking to me. Is it – who is it? Why don't you tell me? You don't like him, and that's why he's in there. Josh Allen. 
Josh Allen. Dude's a fifth, fifth rated quarterback all year long. You told me he was not going to be in the top 10. Wrong. He is, unfortunately, but he's playing Pittsburgh this week, which is why I put him there. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that's a, a death sentence. I think that he can perform. I know that Pittsburgh's, you know, top five defense um, and they're playing out of their minds on defense. But and he just got smacked up against the Ravens. Yeah, but I think that he can still bounce back. I mean, he adds that rushing component to it that could make him play still a very solid game. So I think that if I'm in a position where that's the best quarterback I can play, like I think I'm still comfortable. I wouldn't I'd say I, I guess it's somewhere in between comfortable and questionable. But I just don't like him in the questionable spot because as far as fantasy goes, I like him. All right. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I mo- he would be comfortable for me if Devontae Parker was still alive. Um, he's obviously not, so I've downgraded him. This would have been a nice matchup for him, I feel. But I, I just don't see it happening without Devontae Parker there. Uh, you know who is not? In questionable that I really thought should have been who's who's actually ranked comfortable. Who's this? It's Philip Rivers, not doing very well this year at all. I mean, he's the fifteenth ranked quarterback. He's had maybe five performances that are are good, and then the rest are all like thirteen or below. And he's thrown a lot of interceptions lately, eight in the last four weeks. I just don't feel necessarily comfortable throwing him up against that Minnesota defense, especially for a team like Minnesota who's fighting to get in and L.A. who's out of it by all counts. I can see that. I feel like the Chargers have kind of turned a corner where they're starting to click now, and I think Gordon and Eckler are really starting to get at it. And let's be honest, he likes those little dump-off passes, but he's also a guy who's not afraid to sling one down, so... Keenan Allen's been turning things on. So this is a team that I'm probably a little higher on than most people, but that's okay. I I could completely understand the the questionable tag if you wanted to put him there. All right. Definitely not starting. Darnold, Dalton, Kyle Allen, and Dwayne Haskins. We don't need to know anything else about those four. Correct. Uh, Moving on to the running backs. Sure things. Aaron Jones. Carson, McCaffrey, Henry, Barkley, Barkley because of the name more so than what he's been doing, but he also has Miami. Nice, he's also has a very nice matchup. Jacobs, if he's healthy, Cook, Gordon, Eckler, and Zeke. I'm a little surprised. You usually don't like guys off of injury, so I'm surprised Jacobs is there, and I don't really expect him to. I think he's more of a comfortable than a co- uh, sure thing, but that's, you know, semantics there. I just feel like if he was so adamant about playing, then uh, he obviously would have been in. But apparently, I don't know. They they just the coaching staff wants to take care of him and I don't blame him. But, you know, if he goes, he's he's a lock for me. If I own Jacobs, he's a lock. I think everybody there is is perfectly fine. I was shocked to see most pundits have Carson rated number one. Overall, I guess it's because Penny went out. Yeah. And they're going up against a terrible run defense, but. Yeah, I can understand it, but how can you really rate 
Carson over McCaffrey or uh, Henry or Cook, you know? Did yeah. I know I said Henry, but it's shocking what it is. The sure things and the definitely nots, we probably won't have too much to talk about, but the comfortables and questionables are usually the peop- the players that people need to, to hear about. So moving on to the comfortables, we've got Ingram, James White, who is usually game flow dependent, Mixon, Laird, Sanders, Peterson, Lindsey, Hunt, Fournette, Washington, Gurley, Mostert, and Singletary. Ones that stand out to me as I'm not comfortable starting them. I'm not starting James White. I'm not starting. I'm a little bit more nervous with Peterson. I mean, Philly hasn't been playing great, but I just don't think that, you know, he's going to be a great option there. Uh, Lindsay also makes me nervous because there's just a tandem there and it's so tough. And they are playing uh, the Kansas City, whose defense has gotten a little bit better as of late. Uh, Hunt, I'm fine with. Fournette, I'm fine with. Washington, I think you're a little higher on him. Um, he's questionable to me. And I'm fine with Gurley, Moster, and Singletary. So for. People out there who own Moster, I know this is going to stink for you to have to comment on this, but why don't you give us a little bit of why you would start Moster? Because I'm still a little hesitant if I had him to start him because of the fact that Shanahan could either play him and make him the bell cow or completely ignore him. Well, I just feel like it's been... You know, three solid weeks of Raheem Mostert showing how good he can be and how dynamic he is in both passing and receiving. I mean, he had both a passing, a receiving touchdown and a, a rushing touchdown. He had 10 carries for 69 yards. Previous week, he had 19 for 146 against Baltimore. I just think that he has shown that he's a little bit hotter right now. And so... I think what's our coach Shanahan's going to go with the hot hand and heading down into Atlanta where 49ers right now need to keep pace with the Seahawks. Um, they're currently one game ahead of the Seahawks, but they play the Seahawks in week 17 and they already, they would lose the tiebreaker if they lose that to the Seahawks. So they need to keep getting as many wins as they can. And I think they're going to go with the hot hand of, of who's been playing well. And I think that is Raheem Mostert. And so going up against a crappy defense like Atlanta, I expect to see a lot. What about people who are starting Laird? Are you fine with that? You're no. a Dolphins fan. You know, he's he's obviously the guy back there. Nope. Why not? You want the guy on the 32nd best team in the league? I mean, yeah, that's their record-wise, they're not the 32nd best team. And in actuality, they're probably not. I feel like they'll beat the Bengals next weekend. But I don't think that this guy has shown that he's been particularly dynamic in on the field. I mean, he's he's decent out of the backfield. But, you know, he's two weeks ago against Philadelphia, he had 10 carries for five yards. Turning around and having 15 for 48 is not going to, you know, make me say, whoa, this guy's really good at rushing. You know, he's I just don't think that um, that he's really that safe of a play. I mean, yes, the Giants aren't great. Yes, it only takes a touchdown really to make a flex player worthy. 
But, you know, Devontae Parker's gone. That makes the outsides not as dangerous. So, you know, locking it up a little bit on the, the rushing front. And I'm just not too scared of, I mean, if I just, I would be too scared to, to rely on a Miami running back, the fourth string Miami running back. <laughs> Fair enough. To take right. me to the promised land. <laughs> All right. Questionable starts for running back. Le'Veon Bell, Montgomery, Jamal Williams, Hyde, <laughs> um, <laughs> Hyde for real. Uh, Devonta Freeman, James Conner, Marlon Mack, and someone who I hold near and dear to me, probably my favorite football player currently. I do have him in my other league. Slightly exaggerating, but here I am to make us talk about it. Alvin Kamara, because every Alvin Kamara owner out there is sick of watching Hill and Latavius Murray take his touches and take his touchdowns. Well, unfortunately, as a fellow Camara owner, it's not like they didn't give him a chance last week. We sat there. We got excited. He was in. We're like, he's in. He's in. It's on the one-yard line. And poof, right into the wall. Yep. And not much. I would say that he's not questionable. He's not comfortable. He's Q for queasy. <laughs> he makes me queasy because there's no chance in hell I'm not starting him. Like, there's no way I'm not starting him. Yeah. And it's I'm just I, – I feel queasy. I mean, I guess it'll make me personally feel better, a little insight to my team, to switch it up and put Gordon and Jones in my running back spots and Kamara in my flex spot. But really, what's the difference? Nothing. Yeah. Now, what about those – uh, players out there who have Devonta Freeman, he's got a tough matchup this weekend. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Atlanta and their running game. So what do you feel about that? Devonta Freeman is a stay away for me this week. Um, I mean, last week he was supposed to go off because they were playing the worst rushing team, rushing defense in the league. I mean, he did end up with 17 points. Um, 17 carries for 84 yards. The previous week, he had 17 for 51 against New Orleans, but he did pull up with the questionable tag again. I mean, this guy's always got something going on. And he was a non-participant in his practice today due to a knee injury. So I'm just not feeling extremely comfortable putting him up against the San Francisco 49ers. All right. And a quick Quick response on Marlon Mack for he's back from the injury last week. He basically fell into the end zone, which saved his week. What are your expectations for this week? Yeah, I think that the New Orleans matchup is not a great one for him. They don't get enough credit for how solid they're playing down there in New Orleans. Really hope this is I really hope they come in second this year to the Titans in the Super Bowl. And it's Sunday, Monday night game. Down in New Orleans, I'm not too comfortable, but... Down in the big easy. I mean, you kind of have to start him, though, right? You know, he was a third or fourth round pick, so I guess there's a chance if you went running back, running back, running back, that you don't have to, but uh, unless you did that, you're likely starting him. 
All right, moving on to our definitely not playing. Uh, Sony Michelle, Jordan Howard, all Chiefs, all Bucks. J.D. McKissick, all Cardinals, all other 49ers, all other Steelers, and all other Colts. If if you don't have a very good option and you want to throw maybe one of those Bucks in, I would move bump them up to questionable. In my Dynasty League, I have both of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> And that's not my fault either. I inherited that. You know, I don't love it, but they are playing the Lions. The Lions aren't good. They're they're fighting for that spot in the the playoff. So, you know, I'd I'd almost lean. I'd almost lean Barber. I feel like they're going to go with the safer option. But this is all guessing. So please, I mean, that's what fantasy is anyway. But this is all guessing, and my guess is they'd probably go Barber. So have a ball starting Jones because I just picked Barber. <laughs> All right, wide receivers. Sure thing starts. Hopkins, Godwin, Cooper, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Julian Edelman, Hill, Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas. Any concerns there? How the tell me a little bit about how the Mike Evans injury affects Tampa Bay and specifically Chris Godwin. So Chris Godwin's obviously gonna get monster amount of targets, likely. The defense could shift over and focus a little bit more on him than anything. It's always that's always like a um, you know you're walking you're towing that line of like well yeah the defense is all going to shift him but no he's going to get all the targets like it's it's you can't yeah, really the ripple effect say which one is actually going to happen until you see it but Godwin has been great this year. Like you're not going to not start him because Evans got hurt. Like that'd just be stupid. I feel totally comfortable that he is a sure thing. He is going to have a phenomenal (laughs) week against those lions. (laughs) I hope you're right. All right. Comfortable picks. Anthony Miller, Alan Robinson, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Slayton, Galladay, Landry Diggs, Keenan Allen, Woods, Gallup, and all 49ers. Whew, all 49ers. As in the ones that matter. Right. No, I know. So, you know, if you were out there and you were a team and you were like in the semifinals and you were playing your biggest rival and you had Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders, all hypothetical, who would you start? You already know. I told you last week who I would start. And, and that I'd doesn't start the change. Same guy. It doesn't. No. I'm still starting Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's a better player than Debo Samuel. Okay. Debo Samuel will be a better player than him, but right now Emmanuel Sanders is better. Okay. And it doesn't bother you at all that this was sort of a fluke week? No, not at all, because he's he's shown it earlier in the season. Obviously, he's coming off of a, a little bit of a downspurt, but... Yeah, but, I mean, it was like week one, week the two. Thing is, the thing is this. If... If you think you need points, go for Sanders. If you think you can win it with a decent floor and you're looking at a floor that, you know, is maybe 10 to 12 points or 9 to 11 points, then go Debo Samuel. Okay. Okay. The other names, DJ Moore has been very solid. I think I might even bump him up to to sure thing. I mean, I guess the Seattle matchup is what scared you away. Yeah, that does make me a little nervous. Obviously, it's not the Legion of Boom and how they used to be, but still a defense that when people see it, they kind of recognize, okay, this is going to be a tough one. 
Okay, and I am bumping AJ Brown down. Oh, interesting. Well, why don't you elaborate on that? Because a lot of people picked him up. He's you know playing the hot hand. What what's your take? Well, I mean he he had one great week. I don't think that he like he's had weeks here and there. It's not a consistent produ- uh, production that he had this week. A couple he had a couple long bomb touchdowns, right? So I'm not really sure where all of this love is coming from. He had six points the week before, three touchdowns on four targets. And then he did have another big week against Jacksonville, but then he had two points, ten points, eight points, nine points, three points. And I'm not going to go much further than that because that's about when Tannehill took over. Um, he has had – He does have, He does have, according to you, the best quarterback in the league throwing He does him. right now. I mean, but – He has a juicy matchup against Houston. Would you consider it juicy? I'd consider it, yeah, I so. I'd consider it a, a decent matchup, but I'd also consider it a big matchup because it's for the division. Yeah, and I would say, you know, if if this were on a uh, a scale of like rare to well done on a steak, I would I would consider this like medium rare. It's pretty juicy, but you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. I think if I'm if I'm looking to get big numbers. And I need big numbers, and I had AJ Brown. I would probably play him because I'm playing against Christian McCaffrey and uh, Lamar Jackson this week. I agree, it's high risk, high reward, and I agree. I'm not feeling so comfortable going up against him this week, which is also sort of why I kind of wish I got Tannehill. I could have thrown him in there and counteracted, canceled yeah. some of it. I guess. I guess. I guess again he's somewhere in between that questionable and comfortable for me. And that's just because I'm I'm I tend to be more risk averse, I feel like, with my wide receivers. I don't like big risk, big uh reward guys. All right. One more just out of that column. Why don't we talk about someone who's come on strong lately, uh Slayton. Why don't we give a little blurb on him? Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people probably picked him up as a filler. Maybe they're maybe they got hit with that Mike Evans injury. So Darius Slayton's all they got. Give him some hope. So I picked him up um, in my work league, and I spent all of my remaining fab on him because he has playing Miami this week. And let me throw some names out there, see what you think as far as starting. I think he'll have a solid week against Miami. I'll throw some names out there and you tell me, and it's going to be flex, not just wide receivers. Okay. Would you rather play Allen Robinson against the Packers or would you rather play Slayton? No, probably go Robinson. Okay. Diggs. Who's he playing? Chargers. Diggs hasn't been that good this year, but man, I'll go Diggs. Okay. And what about Eckler? Oh, I'm starting Eckler. Against Minnesota. Yeah. And Singletary against Pittsburgh? That is maybe where I draw the line. I think I, I think I might play Slayton. He's got Eli. He's up against the Dolphins. I know Singletary's the man back there, but I don't really want to deal with that Pittsburgh defense. All right. A couple more. Robert Woods. Yeah, I'm probably going to play Woods. Okay, what about uh, Joe Mixon? Against the Pats. Uh, Yeah. I will take Mixon because he's the workhorse. Okay, and one last one. DeAndre Washington. 
I am a fan of Washington, but it all depends. If Washington is the guy, then I'll go Washington. Assuming Washington's the guy. I'll probably go him. I think where I draw the line with Slayton is I'll play him over like a a McLaurin. I'd probably play him over a Keenan Allen would be close, I think. Really? Yeah, he's been, but he's been turning around. It's kind of tough. Uh, would you play Slayton or Mostert? I, I would feel more comfortable with Mostert. Okay, would you play Slayton or James White? Slayton. All right, what about Slayton or Peterson? Slayton. All right, all right, so we have our line there. He's he's definitely usable. You know, you just got to look at matchups, I think. I think that's a good call with the Peterson. I'd rather take Slayton. I just, I know he'll get the bulk of the carries, but I'll take the... I'll take the upside, I think, of him being able to get in the end zone against Miami. Okay. All right. Questionable starts. Uh, all Jets, all Ravens, all Seahawks, Kiki Cutie, all other Giants, McLaurin, Sutton, Perryman, Amendola, Odell Beckham Jr., all Cardinals, D.D. Westbrook, all Steelers, and Zach Pascal. I see why Westbrook is there, but at the same time, um, you don't know if any of the other Jaguars receivers are going to be playing. So yeah. it's the, the I think old, Chark is not looking good for Chark. Yeah, so I, I I think that bumps Westbrook up a little bit. I kind of feel like this uh, the little removing of Gardner Minshew kind of threw some things off here. Oh, yeah. Which makes me a little nervous. Um, let's talk about the Seahawks real quick. And more importantly, Tyler Lockett. Uh, that guy is pretty close to unplayable, but how can you not play him? Right. I mean, he's going to be boom bust the rest of the year. And it's just a matter of whether he booms or busts for you. If he boomed, he, he busted last week. So I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are not in that had him. Yeah. Yeah, and it became a problem because you have to think he was a top three wide receiver through the majority of the season, and all of a sudden it just plummeted, and it went very, very quickly. For the Tyler Lockett owners out there, are you starting him this week? Uh, I think it's a decent matchup, but no. All right. Um, Something I don't like, even though it's a good matchup, it's a one o'clock game. And it's a West Coast team coming to the East Coast. And traditionally, they historically, they don't do well coming from the West Coast to the East Coast for 1 p.m. games. What about, okay, Tyler Lockett or Jarvis Landry? Oh, Landry. Tyler Lockett or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. Lockett or Slayton? Ooh. Should have seen that one coming. <laughs> uh, Slayton. <laughs> Lockett or Gallup? Yeah, I'll go Gallup. Yeah. I think, again, Lockett is a player, like you said, is boom bust, and I'm more of a consistent guy. If you are playing someone, again, who is probably projected to beat you, go for Lockett because you've got a higher ceiling. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, definitely not starters for wide receiver. All Bengals, Samuel uh, Davis, all Dolphins, all Eagles, all other Chiefs except for Tyreek Hill, all other Jaguars, all Raiders, Adam Thielen, all other Chargers, all Bills, and all other Saints except for Michael Thomas. Uh, I, honestly, I'd bump. Uh... I, I would bump John Brown up into at least questionable. Okay. That's fair. What it it's a shame, you know, a lot of a lot of these teams just like the Eagles. How does Carson Wentz how do you survive as a Carson Wentz owner when you look at that receiving core? You're basically just hoping Zach Ertz has a day. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty That's much. That's all you got. Yep. All right, we'll touch on tight end to wrap this up because we've been going on for a little while here, but there are a lot of players to get to. Tight end must starts. Uh, sure things. Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. No questions there. Zach Ertz was certainly a question you could say two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but he and Wentz have seemed to turn it on. I think that even Kittle was questionable too, but did, did you see how much of a man George Kittle was at the end of that game? He manhandled that guy. Did you see that? The guy was face masking him. He was just like, get out of here. He turned his helmet backwards. He was running without a, a helmet like he can see through. <laughs> he like, I think I'm I'm sure he like punched a guy off into the universe. Like <laughs> he was all over that. All right. Comfortable starts. OJ Howard, Hurst, Fant, Hooper, Hunter Henry, Waller, and Higby. Huh. I think OJ Howard is the one that stands out here. He is going to see an uptick in targets for me now that Mike Evans is out. This is someone I would certainly play. Interesting. You know, I, I saw that you had him there and I actually highlighted him on my on like OJ Howard not really thinking you know about okay the Evans injury but still man I I I could never be comfortable starting him this year him this year like I just think like Jameis knows one thing and that's throw the ball throw the ball throw the ball throw the ball he know no no hold on he knows two things throw the ball and maybe throw the ball to the other team (laughs) maybe an interception and you get an interception and you get an interception, (laughs) but that's fine. So I'll take the risk that OJ Howard is going to put up some numbers with Mike Evans uh, missing. No, too risky for me. Um, I, I feel more comfortable if I'm going to take a risk with Rashad Perriman or Justin Watson. Like I just, I feel no comfort in, O.J. Howard, I guess. I mean, 8.6 and 9.3 the last two weeks um, going up against a bad team. Yep. Don't I still I still classify him as questionable for me. I And that questionable is with upside. Like, if you're looking for an upside guy, Howard's it. But I wouldn't put him in as my comfortable guy. All right. Now, wait a minute. What happened? Comfortable. Define comfortable for me, please. It feels nice. It's good. Feels nice. It's good. Yeah, it's good. All right. Describe like some comfy clothes or some co- a comfy situation. Oh man, the comfy clothes. I'm like sitting at home in front of a 
fire with my sweatshirt on and I got uh, maybe my soccer warm-ups on. That's comfy. Oh, and to top it off, I'm wearing some moccasins. Oh. So I, I noticed you have uh, Hayden Hurst in the comfortable section, not the phenomenal section. Tell me about that. Yeah, he's he's comfy. He's ni- He's a big, nice, comfortable sweatshirt that you just took from your significant other. That's basically how I'm going to how I'm going to phrase that. And, yeah. uh, and he just makes you feel good. It's okay. Nice. All know? right. Um, I agree with, I agree with Hooper being down in the, um, comfortable because I think he's a pretty solid start, but the 49ers are a tough defense. The names, couple names. I mean, I feel okay. I feel like Henry's a sure thing. I mean, he's been so good this year. Yeah. I think he, it's definitely possible. Uh, I mean, he had a. I think he had a down week last week, but he's. I mean, he's been fantastic since he came back from injury. He's been so fantastic. He bumped himself up into the top four or five of tight ends, and he didn't even play for four weeks, five weeks. Yeah, exactly, and that shows a little bit of how weak the position is. But strangely enough, as I keep saying, it's also been a lot stronger than it usually is. Right. Um. All right. Moving on to questionable, we've got Witten, Doyle, Eifert, and Njoku. Uh, you're obviously not a fan of Eifert, so you would yeah, no. move him. You would move yeah, him Eifert. I mean, Eifert's a good dude, but I just haven't seen anything from him this year. I traded for him from you in our fantasy in our dynasty league and dropped him. I mean, and he's nobody's picked him up. He's sitting out there in a league of thirty on a roster, and nobody has picked him up. I just have yeah. no use for him, really. I guess mild more mildly more use now that um Alton Tate went out and that Dalton's back but uh, if you're starting Knifeford I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. And definitely not starters for me uh Gasicki, James and Jimmy Graham. The only one I want to talk about here is Gasicki. I mean, he's he's had a couple solid weeks. He didn't do great this past week, but Albert Wilson, the second wide receiver's out, so they're down to yeah, Alan Hearns is the show down there right now. So Gasicki is the most athletic and biggest and best option, I think, there for the beard. I think that he's got a chance to perform. All right. And All right. So we got two listener questions. Same person. Woo-hoo! Mr. KS asked us two questions. And there's a part that you're not going to be too happy about. Okay. So let, let me, me tell it. you about that first. It's the league structure. Okay. He's down by 18 right now. That's a tough one. It is. And the fact that he's down right now, middle of the weeks, means they play a two-week playoff system. Aaron, Ugh. have at it. Okay. Jim, have you ever played in a two-week playoff system? Yeah, when I was in high school. Yeah, this is this is a learning curve for new fantasy players. Two week playoffs, it's just not a proper structure, and I'll tell you why. You spend your whole season playing one week matchups. This is what you're used to, and then you change it up during the most important part of the season, and it's not something you should do. The second problem is a two week playoff means that the semifinals is week fourteen and fifteen. Which means your finals is week 16 and the infamous week 17. Jim, what do you know about week 17? 
they have a week 17? Exactly. Point in case, they're just words. I'll say however I want, not case in point. Anyway, here's the deal. Someone who makes the finals here is going to be in for a rude surprise because you're going to play your week 16 matchup and you're going to be up and you're going to be winning by a nice amount. But what's going to happen in week 17 is your quarterback, who you've been relying on all year, is going to get removed from the game after a quarter and a half on eight points. And you're going to lose your matchup because that's what week 17 is. Teams that have already locked into place playoff spots in real football in the NFL, they take care of their players that week and they let them rest. So going forward, talk to your commissioner. If you are the commissioner, then talk to your league. Get this switched. You don't want to be in a league where you've worked so hard all year to get to the finals, to have it be ruined for, you know, someone that you've relied on your entire season being benched or not playing because it's week 17. Yeah. It just just don't do it. I mean, things like Miami Dolphins beating the Patriots happen in week 17, and you know that shouldn't happen. Come on. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, hit me with the first question. Okay, so remember, down by 18, so you're going to want to play this a little bit more on the high upside players necessarily than the safer players. You're trying to make up 19 points here. So he's got a question at quarterback. A couple of them he owns, a couple of them on waivers, whether he should pick them up or not. So he's got Allen versus the Steelers, and he's got Carr versus the Jaguars. His options on the waiver wire are Fitzpatrick versus the Giants, Minshew versus the Raiders, or Manning versus the Dolphins. Okay. Here's what immediately stands out to me. Ryan Fitzpatrick playing against the Giants, a nice matchup, but Devontae Parker is out. We've touched on this a bit where there's not too many weapons down there. So I would remove Fitzpatrick from the from the options here. Then – Secondly, Gardner Minshew, something's a little strange there now after they removed him and put him back in place. You know, he's playing against the Raiders. There's no DJ Chark, which makes me nervous. Uh, assuming he's still in a walking boot, he could play. I'm just assuming he's out. So I'm going to re- remove Gardner Minshew. That leaves us with Derek Carr, Eli Manning, and Josh Allen. Eli Manning definitely has the best matchup, obviously playing against the Dolphins. But Josh Allen in this group of five is the only quarterback that I think can eclipse 18 points. So in this situation, I'm playing Josh Allen. He has the best chance of getting you 18 points, even though it is against the Steelers. If you don't feel comfortable with that situation, then... I just don't trust Derek Carr, man. Uh, there's honestly, it really is your only option. Derek Carr is hit or miss, and I just don't think Manning has it in him. So go with Josh Allen. Now, the Raiders just got torched last week by the best quarterback in the league. Minshew doesn't do it for you? Not without Chark. Okay. I think that's a big thing. Him and him and Shark kind of, you know, had a 
good rapport and a good thing going. And, you know, if DJ Chark plays, then, you know, that's a different story. Um, just so we can appeal to all listeners out there, if you were maybe in this situation, but you were up by 18, would that change who you were playing? Yeah, I think I would end up going with Manning, uh, you know, the safer floor because you've already got that lead. So you want to possibly accumulate the certainty of points like Manning uh, will probably get you 12 to 14, whereas Josh Allen could get you six to 22. So I'll go with the 12 points over the six. Okay, great. So this is a full point PPR league. And he has two spots to fill, one wide receiver spot and one flex spot. And his options include Cooper Cup versus the Cowboys, Beasley versus the Steelers, Crowder versus the Ravens, Anderson versus the Ravens, Sanders versus Atlanta, or White versus the Bengals. Okay. Right off the bat, I'm going to take Beasley away, and I'm going to take Crowder away. I don't think Crowder's performed quite good enough the past three weeks. So those two knock it down to Cup, uh, Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, and James White. So out of those four, Cooper Cup is the definite for me. So that leaves us with three options to fill one more spot. Cup is low floor or is high floor high ceiling. So I think I agree. He's the one you have to start. Absolutely. That leaves Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, James White. So the best matchup here is obviously James White versus the Bengals. But the problem is James White is typically game flow dependent. And what I mean by that is the Patriots have to be down He needs to be getting the ball thrown to him. He's, you know, not a guy who's a a bell cow. He's not going to be, you know, taking all the carries. So I don't think this is a favorable matchup for James White, which leaves Robbie Anderson against the Ravens on Thursday or Emmanuel Sanders versus Atlanta. So, Looking at the defenses first, obviously Emmanuel Sanders has the better matchup. Robbie Anderson has been lights out these past two weeks. He does get a lot of targets. This is a full point per reception, which my initial thought would be to go with Sanders. But now... I'm leaning slightly toward Robbie Anderson because of that fact. If it was a half point, I think I would lean toward Sanders, but I think I would go Anderson. So Cup and Anderson for me. Interesting. I'm curious your thought process there. Why Anderson over Sanders as far as full point PPR? I feel like Anderson is more of a... um, a low catch, high yardage guy. Yeah. He, so, so since week 12, uh, oh, you know, the past three weeks, he's had four, seven and seven. Now, granted he's playing the Bengals in Miami in that situation. So probably a little inflated there. So, you know, the full point is strange. We kind of messed with that once I believe. And, or we felt that it was just too much because wide receivers were, you know, getting a, a bit more than they should. Um, 
but maybe it, it's really tight for me between Sanders and Anderson. My initial thought, as you know, was Sanders. And yeah, um, I guess seeing Robbie Anderson's matchup with Cincinnati and Miami might sway that. So maybe Cup is a lock. I guess Let me I'll, give you some slide, stuff. Uh, I'll slide to Sanders playing the weaker defense. Sanders is playing a weaker defense. He does. He has uh, 16 targets over the last three weeks to Robbie Anderson's 21. The 49ers are playing for something. The Jets are not. The Jets are traveling. Sanders is at home. I think I'm going Sanders as well. Yeah, I I mean, the initial thought of Anderson with his, you know, 18 catches over the last three weeks was nice. His double digits the last three weeks. But seeing that, you know, the Bengals and Miami, I, I think I would go Cup Sanders as well. Okay. All right. So one more thing we have to hit on. Okay. Your sneaky defense. You were, I just want to update everybody because you were saying you wanted seven points a week from your sneaky defense of the Dolphins playing the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. (laughs) Week one, three points. All right. We got a few points to make up. All right. So you got to make up, uh, you got to get nine a week now for the remainder, remainder to average seven points per week. I like it. I like my chances. <laughs> I mean, it is the Giants and the Bengals, so there's That's there's what I'm chance. On. Unfortunately, I feel like I feel like the Jets are a little better than both of those teams, but I'm not entirely sure. No, they are. They are. Um, all right, Aaron. To you, I wish good luck. Good luck, everybody uh, who's out there. If you have questions, uh, like our listener here. Send Mr. KS. We'll answer them and hopefully they help you out. Good luck. I hope that we are both back here in a happy mood next week. We will we shall see. For our 50th episode. Ooh, I can't wait. Tune in to see what's special about it. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you in the finals. Adios. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.